and welcome to The Herd Has Spoken, a podcast brought to you by Muskox Men's Apparel. Episode 6, Ara Yardumian. So for any of you out there who've heard the old expression, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, uh, this is definitely the episode for, for you. You're going to really appreciate um, my conversation with Ara where we get into his journey from being a trainer at Bally's to a doctor and all the uphill battles that he was able to, uh, to overcome uh, as, as part of doing that you know, nearly 15 years later than what you're quote unquote supposed to. Uh, so great conversation with, with Aura. Um, and I think this is something all of you sort of muskox men out there are going to really appreciate because it's just all about tenacity and finding a way to get after what you want, regardless of the, the timing and your, your circumstances. So with no further ado, my conversation with Aura Yardumian. Dr. Ara Yardumian, welcome to The Herd Has Spoken. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for having me. And we're, we're really excited and uh, we're, we're going to get into um, the crazy path that you've taken to indeed become a, a doctor. But I want to start by going back to when you were around the age of, say, 25 and you were working as a personal trainer at the age of, of 25. And I want to understand a little bit better about what your mentality was in terms of your career and where you wanted to to go next. What what was your thinking? Because at this stage, you were a long way from going to medical school, doing the preparation that's necessary to get to that stage, and going on and becoming a doctor. At this stage, yeah. you were 25 years old, personal trainer. What was going through your head from a career perspective? I mean, I don't know. I had a great job that paid well, and uh, I was happy. It was fun. Uh, people always talked about, oh, when are you going to get a real job? And it's like, I make more money than you. I'm happier than you. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It just seemed like seemed like something that wasn't really necessary. But now everything was good. So at some point in time, <clears throat> things went from being good mm-hmm. to you saying, I'm going to make this, what some people may say, crazy change late in life, past when you're quote unquote supposed to go to med school. So what was the, the moment or what were the moments that led you to think, well, I might be happy now, but I'm not going to be happy in the future, or I need to trade in this happiness now for happiness in the long term that's going to be sustainable. Right. What, what were some of those data points that went through your head over time? Well, I mean, one big point, I had a close friend that uh, was rethinking her career and was thinking about going back to school, and she had the idea of going to med school and becoming a doctor. And it's my dad's a physician, and I had... Uh, often thought about it before but i was pretty sure i didn't want to do it but when she started talking about it, it's like oh yeah, yeah i guess i guess it's never too late to do it oh, okay that's cool and uh it seemed like a good idea but it still it really didn't click for me and uh then i was having a conversation with one of my employees uh young guy 18 uh he, his his enthusiasm motivated me and it was a question i'd heard before many times and i always had a a smart ass answer for but he asked me why I didn't become a doctor and I was like oh, I don't know so that night home on the uh, car ride home I kind of thought about it and I decided I did want to do it so I called my parents and I asked them if they thought I was crazy and there was a long pause 
and uh, they said yes. And, uh, <laughs> Good reassurance. <laughs> yep. And then shortly after that, like, we're, we're really excited for you. So that was the beginning of a few years of uh, transition to that. So to recap, you have this friend who mm-hmm. may or may not turn out to be my wife. May not. Maybe. Could possibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who has this crazy idea that she should go back to grad school. And it got you thinking yeah. a little bit. So mm-hmm. that, that's one component that I think is fascinating. We can come back to that is being surrounded by people who are going to push you or do different things or challenge your thinking. The second thing is you had exposure to it, right? Like given the fact that your dad's yeah. a physician, yeah. this was something that you were at least familiar with. Yeah. You'd, you'd known what being a doctor was all about. Yeah. Um, but also because you know what it was all about, you hadn't chosen to go down this path, right. which, I, which I want to come back to in, in a minute. And then the third thing is you had someone on your team who was willing to ask you a challenging question. Yeah. And being surrounded by people who are going to ask you challenging questions can go a really, really long, long way. So I think that's an interesting theme where you kind of have two different people. One, Melissa, a friend yeah. of yours in your life at that stage who was thinking about going back to grad school. And another one, this, this team member of yours who worked for you and was 18 years old and winds up yeah. asking you a challenging question at age 35 yeah. who totally changes the direction of your career. I yeah. mean, how many people can say that they've had an 18-year-old, yeah. <laughs> 17 years or junior, that asked them a question that totally changes the trajectory of their life? Yeah. Don't know, but can't be a bunch. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm, I'm curious about that. So one of the things I really appreciate about you is you're very smart, but you're very open to different points of view and perspectives. And... I'm curious to what extent that's conscious on your end to try to surround yourself with people who are who are smart and always thinking differently and willing to kind of ask challenging questions. Like, is that something that you, you've ever thought about? Uh, yes, and I think I even started doing it before I thought about it. But when I started managing people, I took like a management training class, and they kind of made you more aware of people's personality types and how they respond to, but to management to communication in general and it started occurring to me you know my my own characteristics and how that impacts other people but um but for sure you know i was limited by my own characteristics so i started reaching out more to people that had different characteristics to try to draw out characteristics that would better round me as a person or as a manager whatever was going for at that time so were there were there were those characteristics being willing to ask those tough questions or what were those characteristics that you were seeking out and trying to surround yourself with i mean whether it's being more outgoing kind of putting yourself in a more uncomfortable situation like it was more of a sales setting at that time so you know asking hard questions was was my job uh so (laughs) being being better at asking them but still in a polite way was a plus but uh um Hmm. I don't know. It's just maybe just like the hard work ethic probably was a lot of it. There was, I mean, you definitely hit that point in your life where you start looking at your friends. You start separating friends and acquaintances, people right. that are elevating you and people that, you know, are just people that you go have drinks with. And uh, I don't know what I just kind of draw from whatever it is that makes them more productive or more, more positive in your life. Well, Ara, as we record this, we're, we're up north in northern Michigan. Um, got the pleasure to spend a couple yeah. of days to, together getting away. 
and I was in the other room and I heard my wife mention uh, to, to you and, and your wife something I thought was interesting, which is a philosophy of mine, which is you are the average of the five people you, right. sur you surround yourself with. Yeah. And, and I'm curious to hear your, your reaction to that and if that's something that you believe or you would poke holes in. Oh, yeah, no, very much, very much. And I think I someone wrote a book about that. I forget yeah, who it there's, was. Yeah, there's people who are a lot yeah. smarter than you and <laughs> right, me. <laughs> right, um, And I think I'd started reading it years ago and it already occurred to me, oh, I'm already doing this, I'm fine. And I don't think I can finish the book, but it was like, it was a very clear, very obvious message. I don't think it could be any more any more true. Yeah, and so. I, I think that's one of the things that's interesting with guys is that I know one of the challenges that I have is like around control mm. and always wanting to be in control. And I think the danger of that, which I know a lot of men face, is surrounding yourself with yes men and, and yes women and people who aren't willing to challenge you right. and ask those questions. And that yeah. is a dangerous yeah. trap to be in. And I think you or like the poster child for someone who's right. smart enough to know like, yeah, I need to be around really yeah. smart people who are gonna not necessarily like challenge me every day in terms of asking me tough questions, but they're doing good things, they're thinking deeply in ways that are different than what you, you might be accustomed to. Yeah. And it's gonna bring out more and, and different thinking. Yeah, and it might not surprise you, but your wife is one of those people that <laughs> asks the challenging questions that makes you think about what you're actually, you know, thinking or doing as whether it's what you want to do. Well, as, uh, as part of Muskox, we know that biologically the herd is led by a single strong female. And so thank goodness for <laughs> Melissa and her, her strength to deal, deal with me. Um, but I, I want to go back to another point that, mm. that you said that I think is really interesting, which is the fact that you knew that your father was a physician. And for 15 years after undergrad, you chose not to go yeah. to medical school. Like, so clearly you're familiar yeah. with this. So wh why was that, that you had that exposure early on, but chose not to go down this path? The, the best theory, people have asked this question many times also, and the best theory was I come to the conclusion I didn't like school. And I think it took me 15 years to forget that I didn't like school. And a part of it was I saw how much medicine consumed my dad and how much time it took and how passionate he was about it. And I was just pretty sure at the age of 22 or 23 or 24, or all the years in between that and finally <laughs> starting, right? uh, it never really, it didn't just pop up one day. Um, like I was waiting for it to happen to me. And in hindsight, I think it's easier to see now that I kind of made made it happen to me. And uh, But it just, it didn't really click until the sequence of events we talked about earlier. But um, I don't, maybe it was maturity. Maybe it was... Uh, just where I was at in life. Maybe I was having too much fun to really consider having to take the next step, but not 100% certain if there was any one major characteristic, but right. those were those were a handful of the reasons. Yeah, I, it, it's funny because I remember when I went to grad school, I went to grad school for engineering and I had a, uh, a project, which was my master's thesis, which was an hour away in rural Iowa. And I was just doing it. For, for a year, you know, I'd go out there, I'd collect my samples, I'd do the analysis in the lab, something were to break, I'd kind of take stock. And then a week later, you know, I'd go back out there and try to fix it. And generally speaking, it, it would be down for 10 days or, or two weeks before things were to get fixed. Yeah. And at some point, 
a flip switched and a switch flipped. Yep. And, Just like the word. Yes. Yep. And uh, for some reason, as guys, I feel like that's kind of how we operate. Is that there's just a moment and we, we we make our minds up and at that point i was like you know what this project doesn't matter what it was like this project is mine and the second it broke because things did continue to break i went to the local hardware store in rural iowa talked with 15 different people figured it out and i fixed it within three four five six hours right so then being down 10 or 14 days yeah. i finally decided like no this is my project and i'm going to own it and and part of me like recognizes I didn't come to own my career entirely until many years had passed. And so part of it for us is like, Mm -hmm. wow, like being a physician, that's a lot of work. And my dad's really into this and like, I kind of like it, but am I willing to spend that many hours on this? (laughs) Probably not. Right. I mean, I think there's, there's always an element in my head that so much of this comes down to hard work. Like how much are you really willing to dedicate to this? And and the part that I, I I'm I find really fascinating about your story is it's not like you made the decision and then you could start applying for med schools right away. Yeah, no, it's I mean there there are a lot of classes you have to have ahead of time, and I had a good majority of them, but I was working a pretty heavy workload at the time, and just fitting in you know four or five classes wasn't going to happen anytime. So I just did it one class at a time. I had to wait sometimes for the class I needed to be offered at the location that was going to be convenient to my workplace and uh, eventually got it done. And then then there was the MCAT, which was an enjoyable experience uh, multiple times uh, because it was a little bit more enjoyable each time. Um, okay, so the MCAT is the test that you have to take to be able to get into med school. Right. That's part of the admission yeah. process. Yeah. And so you, you'd spent two years taking classes at age 34, 35, before you could enter into med school. Something like that, yeah. Okay, so the MCAT, that's the test that you need to take as part of the admissions process to be able to get into med school. And so you mentioned you did that several times? Yeah, I think it was three times. Um, All lots of fun, Uh, all no stress, and uh, (laughs) everybody had a good time there, so. So, yeah, I just want to recap this because I think this is a fantastic point. So age 34, age 35, you make the decision you want to go back to med school. You spend two years taking program, taking courses night and weekends just to be able to have the prerequisites to apply. And then you go to apply and the, the big kahuna here is the MCAT. Yeah. And you take the MCAT and it doesn't go the way you'd hoped. Yeah. No. And at that point, Ara, what's going through your head here, man? Are are you ready to throw in the towel at this stage? I never really, never really thought about quitting. I never really started creating a a backup plan. I guess uh, I was fortunate to have already been living the backup plan, uh, and I already knew I wanted something else. So uh, never really thought about not quitting, just figured out what I had to do differently, whether it was study courses or spending more time on it or finishing the study course, which I didn't use the first time. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, yeah, no, there's just really no no doubt it was going to happen eventually. Was there, was there any part of you that thinks you could have stuck through it like this 
had you chosen to try to go to med school in your early 20s instead of your mid 30s? Like if you'd experienced this sort of adversity at that stage in your life. No, and I guess probably for the same reason I never really strongly considered it. I just, the commitment wasn't there. Um, maybe it was maturity. I'm not really sure exactly what I was lacking, but uh, no. The the 22-year-old version of me, no. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, it's perspective. Yeah. And you've, you've worked really hard as a personal trainer to get to a good spot. And at some point in your career, and I've experienced this, I realized that it doesn't matter what you're trying to do, you're gonna have to work your ass off in order to be successful. So whether that's a consultant, whether that's making fantastic men's clothes, whether that's being a a doctor, whatever it is that you're trying to do, at some point, there's just a hell of a lot of heavy lifting that has to happen. And I think, the earlier we come to realize that and become comfortable with it, not talking about it in an inspiration right, right. And, and a hype sort of way, yeah. but like really coming to grips with yeah. it, the, the better off we are. But that's hard to get at age 22. Yeah. yeah. And what, I'm, I'd love to hear, what advice would you give to someone who's in their mid-20s and they're at this point where they're saying, I like my job, it's fine. But this isn't the career path that I want for me in the long run. Like, how, how can you start to get towards something that is what you want in the long term? I mean, just, I guess, keep it simple, but don't accept limitations based on, you know, generic standards you've created for yourself or others have created for you. Uh, you know, regardless of what you're doing, if you have some feeling you would like to do something or would be interested in doing something, pursue it. If people tell you that it's not reasonable, find out why. Maybe they just think you're not willing to work hard enough for it. Because I, I can't think of a lot of things that if you're not willing to work hard enough for it with 100% dedication, that you can't make those things happen. Yeah, and this yeah. is coming from the guy, you know how things work. Like if you want to go to, do- if you want to become a doctor, you go to undergrad, you graduate from undergrad, you go to med school. You don't, you don't take 15 years off <laughs> no. and become a personal trainer. But you know what, you did, and someone asked you a challenging question and said, why aren't you doing this? And you had to come to the realization and be humble enough and be vulnerable enough to say, I don't know. Like, there's no good reason yeah. as to why I'm not doing it. Yeah. And, and I think that's just fantastic um, and, and, and an accomplishment that I really look up to. And I think there's a lot that we all could learn from that. Do you have any, do you have any, any regrets about making that commitment so strongly at that moment in your life? No. None. Uh, and in fact, probably the opposite. Uh, looking at my, my peers in med school, a lot of them had studied all through their childhood um, or, you know, their high school, like college. They knew it from an early age they wanted to do it. They studied all through college. They had so little fun. It was very sad to hear. Right. And they tried to squeeze all that fun into, like, the, the breaks you get during med school, which is, like, 36 hours. Uh and it was limiting and they got residency and for the girls that wanted to have babies they had to arrange that into their lives then and there and it's right. like their lives pretty much started and ended at the point where they start at once they finish their training their life is pretty much ended and all they have to show for it's hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt <laughs> so i was fortunate to have lived my life saved a little money and uh, come out ahead of the game but 
And I, I think that's great because listen, you, you had exposure to, to your father in the medical practice, so that's great. But you were still open-minded. You didn't feel obligated to follow into yeah. anyone's shoes. You explored things, you probed a little bit in terms of different careers. You, you surrounded yourself with people of different mindsets and asked good questions that were trying to make themselves better. And at some point you got hit in the face with a question that you, you didn't have a choice around. Yeah. I, I just think that's fantastic. So um, yeah, I really appreciate you, you sharing your story um, with, with us today Thanks. and for being part of the, the Muskox herd. So yeah, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course, well. of course. Well, Ara, again, thank you so much for, for joining us and we will see you out roaming freely around the world. You got it. All right. Take thank care. you.